and welcome to the Illinois Association of Park Districts Parkcast. I'm Wayne Utterback, Director of Communications and Digital Content, and I'm very excited today to be joined by the Executive Director of the Byron Forest Preserve District, Todd Tucker. Todd, thank you so much for joining us today. And thanks for having me. Now, I know there's been a lot going on with COVID-19. I know that forest preserves uh, have been in a very unique position uh, to deliver some really special services in times where people really uh, need opportunities to get out and do things. And I want to touch on that a little bit, but I also want to just learn a little bit more about the Byron Forest Preserve District. What can you tell me about your district and what makes it unique? Um, so yeah, the Byron Forest Preserve, uh, we're, we're unique in a couple different ways. Um, we're one of the smaller forest preserve districts. Um, Lee County or Ogle County is about 500,000 acres. We only occupy about 7% of that. Really uh, about three and a half townships uh, form of where most forest preserve districts are countywide or real close to countywide. Um, one thing about forest preserve districts, it's a little nice if you're not countywide, even if it's three or 4%, you can hire your own board. If you are countywide, you're under the jurisdiction of the county board. And obviously being under the jurisdiction of a county board and not having elected officials that are kind of more geared towards forest preserve districts can be a bad dichotomy. Um, so that's one thing that's a little bit different. So we're a smaller forest preserve district. Another thing that makes us unique, we have a nuclear plant in our district. So even though we're small, it makes us fairly uh, capital rich, I would say, not general fund rich, but we have decent income. Um, it's also kind of bad right now, they're talking about shutting nuclear plants down and nuclear plants, the nuclear plant here accounts for 74% of our total EAV. So we kind of have all our eggs in one basket. So it's a double-edged sword with that. Um, so, you know, that that's kind of what makes us unique right now. Um, and, and it's nice, we're a smaller district, but we're fairly close to Chicago. You know, we can be downtown an hour and a half. So um, we deal with a lot of things that the bigger districts do, maybe just on a smaller scale. So I tend to find myself um, kind of in between. I'm, I'm not super small, like a lot of the districts or conservation districts, which are under the same statutes as um, the Downstate's Forest Preserve Act and Conservation Act. But yet I, I also kind of do the same thing as some of the bigs too. We have a golf course, we have a natural history museum, we have about 3,000 acres. So we're, we're just kind of in that in between kind of hybridized. Now, how has visitation been since the pandemic started? What's, what's it been like there? So, yeah, I mean, for us, just like a lot of other forest preserve districts, we kind of came in, we shined a little bit, you know, park districts are having a big drop where we were probably experiencing three to four times the usage on our trails, um, which is nice because a lot of times we, besides just a bird watcher or regular users, um, we got a lot more exposure. We actually got a lot of commentary on our social media about how beautiful our parks were. I didn't realize you had this. And these are people who lived here for 20 years. Yeah, that's uh, definitely one of the things I've, I've experienced at least uh, in, over the past few months is just finding opportunities to do different things, things outside of the norm, exploring a little bit more than I typically would in a year. And uh, yeah, I'm sure the forest preserves there, there's so much for people to find and discover. Are there any particular areas there in your forest preserve that you've really seen a lot of people gathering at or going to, or is there anything in particular that maybe caught you off guard? 
You know, not really. I mean, our, our, our main site got hit really hard because that was the first thing they thought of, but we have eight other sites. And I think that did spark them to go to some of these other places. And um, um, our Hall Creek Preserve, our Howard Coleman Preserve has a neat creek running through it, kind of has high bluffs. It's got prairie, it's got oak savanna, it's got wetland. So that got hit pretty hard and we had a decent amount of people on Instagram or Facebook showing their kids going through the stream and kind of collecting doing that and it kind of spurred a lot of people doing that. I went there one day on uh, with my own kids on a Sunday and there's probably 40, 50 people in there and half of them were going through the stream and buying crawdads or whatever else and it was really, really nice. Everyone kind of keeping their social distance but still, you know, exploring and going out and then um, we, we do have a a preserve, Bald Hill Preserve, that has the state's largest tree on it. So um, that always gets it, you know, a lot more people. We our first event for that uh, preserve opening is only opened up in 2017, uh, and we discovered the largest tree on it after we didn't know it when we bought it. Um, we had 750 people come out for the weekend to see that tree, and it, it always just has a lot. There's just people that look at the big tree. There's a big tree program in every state. So, uh, you know, it's a big cottonwood, it's 125 feet tall and 28 and a half feet around. So it's a really big tree. So a lot of people like to go out there, take their picture. It's amazing the amount of hits and likes or hashtags that people have with the state's biggest tree or whatever. Um, when you go onto the bald hill, if you, if you put that in, you just get thousands of pictures of people with their picture by that tree. That's fantastic. I, I just learned something. I didn't realize that. The <laughs> That there's a state tree program? Well, the, the largest tree, uh, just a very fascinating uh, little tidbit there. That's good knowledge to have for the future. Yeah, there's a lot of people <laughs> that travel to go see it over the weekends, and that preserve has constantly got two or three cars in the parking lot. And for us, we're, we're pretty rural. Um, you know, there's only 51,000 people in our county, so you got to kind of seek us out and find us. We're not in a you know, real populated area. Now, speaking of, uh, of you know, populations and size, uh, what are, uh, what, how much open space has your preserve been able to protect? Do you know off the top of your head? Yeah, so we have exactly around 2,600 acres. Uh, when I got here in 1995, we had about 800. Um, we've added quite a bit here lately, most of it coming from, a lot of it coming from the Clean Energy Community Foundation grants has uh, helped us immensely with that. Um, I've also had some private donors. Uh, Mr. Marty from Chicago actually donated 300 acres, and uh, I wrote a grant for using his as 50% match to get the 200 acres next to it. So we actually uh, got a 500 acre preserve right next to our main site uh, for almost no money. So um, that was nice. But yeah, we have uh, probably out of the 2,600, we have uh, over 2,000 in natural areas. Um, we also have a golf course and preschool and natural history museum, a lot of different variety here as well. All right. Now, what are some of the plans for the future of your preserve? Um, you know, right now, to be honest with you, we're probably kind of in a holding pattern a little bit. The uh, Exelon has threatened to shut down the nuclear plant, which like I told you is 75% of our funding, um, September 21st. So in the spring session here in May, uh, April, May, we'll find out a lot more what, um, Legislation has passed with the energy bill and kind of letting nuclear plant get some credits a lot like wind and solar does. So if that happens and everything's fine, we'll kind of be back. But right now, my little future plans are just kind of on hold. I'm going to be retiring in about four years. 
We have about four years left on a Build America bond that we bought land and fixed buildings up with. And we did just build a um, top tracer golf range facility, which is doing really well and helping the golf course actually be profitable. So in about four years, we'll have all that paid off. So since we are a smaller district, we, we pretty much have out what we want. After that, we'll be probably be looking at uh, a new fleet of carts and probably an irrigation system on the golf course. The golf course at that point, you know, right now is 30 years old. So we're having to deal with some of those maintenance, maintenance issues and stuff. But now, now speaking of golf, have you noticed, uh, uh, you know, I know a lot of people were really excited to get back into golf this year. Uh, have you noticed a resurgence, more people coming to the golf course? Yeah, that was crazy. I, you know, I was kind of uh, telling my board we might be in that two to 300,000 negative range the way COVID and, and COVID restrictions started. We had no golf in April, only 25% capacity in May. But June, July, August, and September, we saw 1,000 to 1,200 more rounds per month than our average. So we actually caught a lot of ground up and a lot of people felt comfortable coming out to the golf course. And um, our deck got used a lot more, our outside seating, cause we didn't have inside. And uh, so yeah, the golf course actually had a nice resurgence and, and made up a lot of ground. Um, and then with this new facility that we have, um, which is like a top golf facility, but it's only an eight bay range it has outdoor capabilities. So when there was no inside, we could still have four people per bay outside. And that still brought a nice revenue stream in for this winter, so. All right, now I wanna change directions just a little bit now. And some, some, uh, some interesting questions for you. What's the best advice you've ever been given? You know, I think, especially in government, I think having thick skin you know, you, you're never going to please everybody, especially as a director. And of course, you want to please everybody. You want to give the best services you can. You want to provide the best thing you can for your staff. Um, but you're not you're not going to make everyone you're not going to make everyone always happy. Um, and, and let that slide off. Don't let it get you down. Stay positive and, and keep moving forward. Because for the most part, the, the majority of the masses are happy with what you're doing. They're just the silent ones. You know, the squeaky <laughs> wheels are the ones that talk. <laughs> so uh, those, you're never going to make some of those people happy ever no no <laughs> no uh what would advice what advice would you give a 21 year old um you know i think for this field or or in general uh, just uh in general i mean i think i think being well-rounded being open-minded and, and um um having good communication, not being afraid to open doors. You know, I think a lot of people stay pretty reserved and, you know, it's, it's not as a cruel world out there as you necessarily have in your mind or you think. And I think, and I try and do that with my own daughters, you know, don't be afraid to, to put yourself out there because, you know, there's a lot of opportunities out there. And if you don't put your, your, yourself out there, you know what you're not going to get. Um, you know, so that's something I would tell a young person, whatever that may be. Um, you know, and then specifically in this field, uh, Parks and Rec or, or in Forest Preserve, I think having a pretty good diversity because, you know, we're, we're a jack of all trades in a lot of things. I mean, you might have just an aquatics job, but for the most part, people bounce around and you do different things. You might be, you know, from personal management to knowing aquatics or being a maintenance worker. And as you work up the field, you get in administration, you get into more budget. You really have to, you have to know a lot. So be open-minded, be a sponge and take every opportunity to learn. It's only gonna help you for that next job you have. 
Now, if you could go back in history to your forest preserve and talk to one person, who would it be and why? Um, probably since our forest preserve is not very old, we uh, started in 1980. Oh, okay. We really didn't have any land or any facilities till about 1990. The founding father, uh, Dr. Jarrett, which our museum's named after, was a veterinarian in town, but he was a he was a naturalist or a, a native prairie enthusiast. Um, he started this whole thing. I would love to, he's since died, I would love to go back, talk to him a little bit more. I have talked to him, but just how the whole process started, what was his passion, and even that first director, you know, they, they paved the way for us to have all the facilities we had. It'd be cool to have marriage that history a little bit more with, uh, you know, moving forward. Now, last question, but certainly not the least. Uh, what is one thing you would like your constituents or users to know about your district? I think overall, I mean, I, I think overall, the general public just doesn't realize all the great lands and all the great services we have. You know, you hear a lot, oh, why doesn't somebody do this and that? And, and I don't think really people look at all the services you do offer because the people who do are really shocked. I mean, between the, the preserves, the facilities we have and the programs we have, we, there's a lot of great things you can do in your own backyard. And unfortunately, everybody has that. And I think COVID has helped us you got to go on a vacation, you go three, three hours away somewhere to find something great. And there's a lot of great things right in your backyard. You just don't look at those, you know, kind of like taking your own family members for granted, you know, <laughs> um, you know, I think you, you take things for granted in your own community and, and there's a lot of great gems right in your own backyard. And, uh, you know, I, I think we provide a lot of things that if more people dug underneath the rock and found a little bit even though we're out there we're always like well, i didn't see that we're like well we're on <laughs> facebook we're on instagram it's on our website we put it in the paper i don't know what more besides <laughs> knocking on your door and saying you know um although you know the electronic age is getting a little easier for that and the the more the older generation is tied to a smartphone and you can have these apps a lot more readily available i think that um, it becomes a little more possible and, and with that being said i think we've gotten a little better as agencies with our um, social media and our virtual stuff that you're putting out there on YouTube channels and stuff like that. I, I spoke to a, another colleague, Ralph Schultz at Will County, and they have a uh, podcast program and, and kind of TV show that they air. And what they were getting 20 to 30 people in programs, they're now getting 1500 views. And, you know, you're reaching so much more because that's kind of the way the world's kind of going these days so yeah absolutely well uh we'll be putting this up on youtube <laughs> so that's a good segue uh but i appreciate you taking time out of your day to talk with me i appreciate all the work that you do at your forest preserve i know the the roles you play in in keeping space open and giving people opportunities to get outside is is crucial it's important it's what every community needs so i thank you for that as well and uh, uh i appreciate you i just taking some time and, and sharing some insights with me. Appreciate, thanks for having me. And one thing I will say, being a forest preserve person, when uh, I had a good uh, parks and rec professional ahead of me, and uh, I kind of resisted Illinois Parks and Rec and the Association of Park Districts at first, because it wasn't conservation or whatever else. And I will say along with this in the, in the conference and all the programs that it's a well-run organization. And I think forest preserve and conservation districts are lucky to have that program, you know, that, that uh, associations, because we're part of a nice, really professional network.
and we're, we're lucky to have have people like you who do such great work so i, I appreciate that as well so thank you very much and uh yeah uh, i will probably talk to you sooner rather than later <laughs> all right thank you all right thank you